Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Unsunday Show. Thank you for joining me again on this episode of the Unsunday Show. I appreciate you being here. I want to uh, give a shout out to those that have reached out to me and have contacted me, and we've had some little bit of dialogue together. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. You know, I'm one that needs to know, just like you do, that I'm not alone out there and that the things that I am seeing, the things that I'm understanding about institutional Christianity and institutional religion and institutional church are not just strange ideas and of, that are an indication that there's something wrong with me, although there might be something wrong with me, but at least I'm not alone. So I appreciate it when you guys reach out to me. It means a lot to me. Hey, today I wanted to spend a little bit of time on the theme that I've developed about how we view church and what that does. This episode will be sort of an addendum to what I've said in the last two episodes where we talked about how our view of church informs our view of God, for good or for bad. And in this episode, I want to talk about how our view of church informs our view of the gospel. And so it'll be closely related to what I've said in the past episodes, and I'm not sure how long this episode's going to run. It's going to be more of an addendum, a little bit of icing on the cake, some things that I wanted to say before I close out this topic. So let's see where this thing takes us. You know, one thing I've noticed over the years since having left the institutional church is that when the conversation arises between me and someone else, about the institutional church and about my leaving the institutional church, there is usually the issue brought up about pleasing God, about, you know, there's something in God that isn't pleased by this, or there's something in God that he's not really satisfied in what I'm doing. You know what I mean? You ever have that happen to you? Like, for example, when I'm talking to someone about the liberty that I enjoy in Jesus, someone invariably brings up the idea that, yeah, but... You know, they start talking about all the exceptions. Yeah, but, you know, God God will be displeased with you if you do this, or, you know, God might not be as happy with you if you go down that road or this road or, you know, whatever the topic is. It's almost like there's a part of us, and see if this isn't true in your experience, it's almost like there's a part of us that on some level wants God to be dissatisfied with us that there's something in us that wants God on on some level to be a little bit displeased with us. And maybe that's because we're so driven to do, and we think, well, we can perform our way out of that. If he's displeased with me, then I can do things to get get back in his good graces, and he'll be pleased with me again. But, you know, people bring up little proof text verses that they like having their proof text arsenal, when I start talking about these things, and they always bring it up and they say, yeah, but you need to be under the authority of the elders, or yeah, but, you know, it's possible that God could be displeased with you, and, and there's a part of him that's going get, to get mad at you and get angry. And it's that kind of stuff that I want to talk about in this episode, because if my view of church drives me to that kind of conclusion, that I need to be inside these four walls all the time, that it's the only valid expression of what God's doing in the world, and that I need to be inside those four walls doing my my performance, whatever that is, and that if I wander outside of those four walls, you know, things could happen where God's just going to be kind of ticked off at me on some level. If If my view of church has given me that view of the gospel, that the gospel 
can change, that the gospel, the good news of the gospel can, can morph into God being upset at me on some level, then there's something wrong with my view of church. But I guess the real question to ask, if, if we back up just a little bit, is simply what is the gospel? And at its core, I believe the gospel is Jesus, and that Jesus came to set the captives free, we're told. He didn't come to put more burdens on us. He didn't come to give us a to-do list. He came to release us from the to-do list. He came to take the burdens away, not to pile them on. You know, Paul said, what the law couldn't do, God did by sending his son. And I could, I could paraphrase that and say, what rules and regulations can't do, God did by sending his son. Paul also told the Galatians that it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then he cautioned them not to be enslaved again, and, and meaning, that, meaning that it's completely possible to forget our freedom that we have in Jesus and allow it to be taken away and to be enslaved again by certain external rules and duties. And if, you know, Sunday to Sunday, if what we're hearing from pulpits isn't setting us free, if what we're hearing from pulpits is mostly moralistic obligation and moralistic duty, then that's going to eventually lead us down a path to despair. Because it's only in the gospel, it's only in this work of Jesus that's done outside of us that sets us free. And in much the same way that if what I'm hearing in church is giving me a wrong view of God, if what I'm hearing in church is giving me a wrong view of the gospel, then it's time to re-examine that and take whatever actions are necessary. Because really, I think if it, I think it boils down to this. If what I'm hearing on Sundays puts me back under bondage and gives me a view of God that he's mad at me on some level, then I believe something other than the gospel. And if God is disappointed in me, where do I turn? I can't go to the leaders because they're the ones telling me that God's got a problem with me. And I certainly can't go to God because I'm being told that he's got something against me. And my view of him then becomes the problem. You see, this is what happens to a lot of people. And this is what's happened to a lot of people that I've talked to who've left institutional Christianity. They haven't left Jesus, but they've left the institution of church. And one of the things, one of the common threads that I hear in, in the different stories of people that I talk to, and maybe it's this way for you as well, is that we started out our Christian life just experiencing this amazing freedom that we have in Jesus. This freedom from sin and condemnation and guilt and shame, and enjoying that relationship with him and understanding that we've been set free from those things. But then we get involved in church, don't we? We get involved in church, and church starts to clean us up. And I'm using air quotes when I say clean us up. And all of a sudden, the message starts to morph from Christ alone and Christ in you, the hope of glory, to Christ in you, but you need to be serving more. You need to be doing more. And some of the things we've talked about, you know, like tithing, like formal church membership, like like serving and some of these things that we've talked about in the last couple of episodes that then spill over and become an indication that I'm really beginning to lose my freedom in Christ and that Christ is no longer the central message. Christ is no longer the central focus, but my moralistic improvement replaces the message of the gospel. And it's in that moralistic improvement message, it's in that message of moral improvement that I can begin to think that God is never really quite satisfied with me that there's always one more thing I need to do, and that I better be careful because the other shoe could drop. And if it drops, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble. And so we kind of have this cowering fear of God, this fear of judgment, this fear of condemnation, 
that shouldn't be there that's given to us by how we perceive what God is doing in church. And the message that we hear within those four walls reinforces that a lot of the time. I think that's one reason that so many people are leaving, because they're not safe there. There's no safety there. You don't feel safe there. I know that for me, it's one reason that that I left. It's also one reason that I left the theological system of Calvinism, because Calvinism gave me a father that didn't look much like Jesus. If we've got a father that looks like Jesus, which Jesus said we do, and so did the writer of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus is the exact representation of the father, well, if our system of theology or if the religious system that we're in gives us a view of the Father that doesn't look like Jesus, then something's wrong with our view of the Father. And so, Christian, if that's you, if you're feeling some of these same things and, and you're, you're starting to realize that, hey, my, you know, my view of what church is has kind of messed a little bit with my view of God and my view of the gospel and of the freedom that I have in Jesus and how I've been set free from from sin and how I've been set free from condemnation and I've been set free from shame and guilt and all those things that go along with that. And I'm starting to experience shame and guilt instead of the freedom that I have in Jesus. Then it might be time to take that walk as well. And if it is, I want to encourage you to be bold enough to do that if you think that that's what you need to do. But regardless of what you've been told, Christian, the bottom line is this, that God's opinion of you hasn't changed and it never will change. And he loves you. And there's many valid expressions of the ecclesia. There's many valid expressions of what Christ is doing in the world today besides that institutional setting. So be free. Until next time, bye.